I'm Vanessa Pritchard. Welcome to this podcast from Keep Believing Ministries. Today's message was given by Dr. Ray Pritchard. At Keep Believing Ministries, we want to encourage and equip people to keep believing in Jesus. You can find us online at www.keepbelieving.com. Stay tuned for this special podcast. In Isaiah 9-6 says, Run to us, a child is born. Unto us, the Son is given. God decides to make right what is gone with this world. He doesn't start with the preacher. He doesn't start with the president. He doesn't start with uh, a political party. He doesn't start with a soldier or an army. Question. Here's the question. There was other, not just Democrats, but in Congress, Republican and Democratic leaders who are stepping down because of these allegations about sexual misconduct. I don't even have time to get into all of that. But just to say, it's happening now all the time, raising the question, who can we trust? Who can we trust? We could talk about politics. If we did, we'd get in a fist fight. Yet I suppose most of us here probably fairly conservative in our political leanings. We used to say in America, two things were not discussed in public. One was religion. The other is politics. You can talk about religion. Now nobody cares because people don't really take it that seriously anymore. They're going to fight you over religion. They say you're just a nut, a nutcase. But today, I, in my lifetime, I can't think of any time in America where we have been more deeply divided in terms of politics. It's really a matter not just of who's in the White House. These are great worldview issues underneath this. I have thought since 9-11, which 15 years ago, 16 years ago, I guess, I thought then back when the planes hit the World Trade Center of the Pentagon, the national blood pressure went up about 100 points. It seems to me it's not really gone down much. And it feels to me that in the last 15 months or so that the national blood pressure is just... See what happens behind you. People angry. It's just hidden. The American anger, doubt, and uncertainty, the divisions that tear us up, it's just right there under the surface waiting to boil over. So I, I say this this way. His name should be called Prince of Peace. But peace seems to be in short supply in our world today. And I, uh, I don't know how you feel. I do know how I feel. I thank God Christmas is here. I thank God it's only a week away. I don't feel like I've been running toward Christmas. I've been, I feel like I've been slogging toward Christmas. I don't mean just personally. I mean in terms of where we are as a country, where we are as a society. Thank God Christmas is almost here. And Gary, I hope you're right that 2018 is going to be a better year. It's going to be hard to have one where we're more torn up and divided than it's been this year. So I hope that prediction comes true. I'm glad there's good news. The angel said, Behold, I bring you good news of what? Great joy. Great joy. <clears throat> that shall be to all people. Christmas is a time of, of fun and happiness. Marlene and I, and mostly at my mostly at my behest, we have been we have been watching for the first time ever, ever. These yes, I know. Uh, Marlene knows exactly what I'm gonna say. We've been watching the Hallmark Channel. These these Christmas specials on the hall. I'm kinda hooked on those things now. 
it's like it's like the only really clean romance you can find on TV anymore. The kind of stuff we used to see 40 or 50 years ago, it's, I mean, it's, it's chaste compared to the stuff that you can find anywhere else, especially on, on your cable TV channel. So we've been watching it, and there's a lot of talk about the Christmas spirit, and Christmas is a time of magic. And, and you know what? I'm no Scrooge. I'm all in favor of it. I'm in favor of I'll be home for Christmas and home for the holidays and chestnuts roasting on an open fire, and I'm totally good with Santa Claus is coming to town, and well, let's celebrate. I'm all for that. But that is not what the angel meant. We ought to be happy, right? I'm for the mistletoe. Write me down on the mistletoe, the eggnog, and all the rest. I'm for all that. But that's not what the angel meant. Behold, I bring you what? Good tidings of what? Great joy. Happiness we have. Joy is in short supply. Mirth-making we have. Escapist, escape, escapist entertainment we have. Joy hard to find. In fact, we know happiness is one thing and joy is another. It's hard to say what the difference is. Happiness is our response to circumstances. This, my way of saying it would be joy is deep contentment from knowing that God is in control even when my circumstances seem out of control. So Marlene and I have some friends who uh, they're in the ministry in another part of the country, nowhere near Dallas, doing a uh, doing great work for the Lord. I, uh, the husband is a pastor. I went to preach for him, missions conference about a year ago. Wonderful man of God. And his wife, ebullient, that's my word for her, ebullient. You know that word? Effervescent. I mean, just, you know, living life in exclamation points and capital letters, okay? So, wonderful couple, great people. And then last June, um, Oh, some kind of something. Felt a little tightness down here. Something go see the doctor. Doctor said, well, it's probably nothing. You know, that's what they always say. It's probably nothing. So, of course, it was something, right? And they do the test. It comes back ovarian cancer. That's what you don't want to have. And it came back. They said stage three plus. She's on the front end of the chemotherapy, right? The doctor said, you have a very unusual case, which you don't want to hear the doctor say, right? A very unusual case. So she's on the front end of the chemo. And I say all that to say, we don't know yet what the end of the story is going to be. That's going to be determined somewhere down the road. Here's the deal. Our friend has been, she, she has not lost her effervescent joy and her ebullient spirit in the midst of all this. And she has been writing about it on Facebook. For got a little group, you know, you can do that on Facebook. Got a little group, and, and almost every day she writes an update. You know, even if it was me, first of all, I don't know if I'd write an update, but if I did, it would be okay. Another day, I survived another day, that's it, see you tomorrow. Let me, well, she doesn't do that. She, she opens the door and lets us into her life. And she, she's, she's talked about the hair falling out, you know, the prospect of that and, and, and the worries about the upcoming surgery whenever they do that and can they get all the cancer and all that. And then, then she, this is, I was reading it again last night and, and she, she says stuff like this. She said, it's the way ahead of us is hard, but God is good. But she doesn't say God is good. God is, and she capitalizes good. There's, with exclamation point, exclamation point, 
exclamation point. And she said, my husband and I have been on a journey like Joseph and Mary following the Lord, just trying to obey. And we don't know what the end of it is, but God has been so good to us. G-O-O-D. We have experienced his grace and his favor, and we love him. And, you know, and I read her stuff, and I think, my goodness, I don't know if that's how I would respond facing, facing the uncertainties. And she's even said, you know, we've had the talk, the talk about what if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, right? What if, you know, what if, it, what if we end up in a place where we don't want to be? She said, my husband and I, we have had to release everything to the Lord, everything to the Lord. Then she comes back in the end and she says, but I want everybody to know we will not stop singing and we will not stop praising and we will not stop rejoicing. And it's singing, Cap, praising, Cap, rejoicing, Cap, in the Lord. So you can't miss it. That, my friends, is what joy is. That's the good news of great joy that Christ came to bring. That's a lot more than eggnog. That's a lot more than the mistletoe, right? That's a lot more than, than the presence under the tree. As good and right as all that is. It's when your back is against the wall, you don't know what the future holds. If then you can still praise God, if then you can still rejoice, if then you can still sing, then what you've got is real. That's real joy. Good news of great joy. That's deep contentment that comes from knowing that God is in control, even when my circumstances seem out of control. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Don't you like that? The government shall be upon his shoulders. You know what that means? The shoulders of Jesus are strong enough to carry all your problems. The shoulders of Jesus are strong enough to carry all your burdens. The shoulders of Jesus are strong enough to carry all your fears, all your doubts, all your uncertainties, and the stuff that kept you up late last night, the stuff that just goes through your mind and you can't get it out. His shoulders are strong enough to carry all of that. May I say to you, easy to say, hard to do. It's the letting go part, right? It's the Somehow we feel like if we just worry, that's our contribution. Our contribution to this is we worry because we all know by worrying everything gets better. Well, we know that's not true, but that's a very human thing. There's a fellow by the name of Walt Gerber who served for many years as <clears throat> pastor out at Menlo Park. Presbyterian Church in California, very fine man. And one of his sermons, he comments on the importance of letting go. And he said that to remind himself, he had a plaque made and he put it up in his office. It says, Dear Walt, do not feel definitely, personally, irrevocably responsible for everything. That's my job. Love God. You know what Christmas really means, among other things? It's a great reminder you are not in control. You never were. You never will be. It's a reminder that we need a Savior, that we are hopeless and helpless unless God intervenes. And Christmas is the story God coming to the rescue of people who thought they could do it by themselves and had to learn the hard way. We can't. Now, some of you, I'm sure, have been to the Holy Land. If you have not, you must go. You absolutely must go. 
before you are advanced up into heaven. You must go to the Holy Land. When you do, you'll go visit the little town of Bethlehem, which today is not so little, but in Jesus' day was a, a, bus, a, a, a tiny little, truly was just a tiny little village, wasn't Maybe just a couple hundred people live there. Very tiny little place today. It's bustling. And if you go there, you will go to visit one of the oldest churches of the Christian faith. It's called the Church of the Holy Nativity. It's built over the reputed spot where they say Jesus was born. Now, we don't really know. Look, look, when you're in Bethlehem, you're in the neighborhood, right? You're close. You can't be very far away if you're in Bethlehem. So maybe it's the right place. But the church is old. It's at least 1,800 years old. It might be 1,900 years old. It might go all the way back to the first century. I mean, nobody's really ever dug all the way to the bottom there, but it's, it's, it, it's very, very old. It's been torn down and rebuilt. It, it, doesn't, it looks like a really, really old church in the Middle East should look, you know. And You go there, and there's a vast, open sort of a courtyard. And to get into the church, you've got to go into the church through the worship area, the big, uh, you know, the big sanctuary. Then you go down the steps into the grotto. Here's the deal. To get into the church, there is a very small opening. See, some of you are not, you, you've been there. It's a very small opening. Now, I'm a tall guy. I'm almost six foot four. So when I go there, I mean, i got to bend down like this to get in there. And if you stand there, you'll see the tour groups come. And everybody... Everybody, except the really short people, everybody has got to bend down to get in there. You go, what's the matter? They can't afford to make a regular door into this church. And then when you stand back and look at that ancient church, it's really obvious. There was, there's an archway there. It's been bricked in. You can see where the brickwork was done. So obviously, once there was this vast entrance there archway so everybody just walked in normally so something has happened they bricked it up and they've left this little tiny opening well here's the story back in the middle ages the hot shot princes of the area i mean the rich guys with the money and the power and the connection they like to show how powerful they were they would get on their horses to show their power and they would ride on their horses into the church of the nativity that was a sign of how rich and powerful you were. Well, the priests didn't like that, and so they bricked up that archway so no horse could ever get in there, and they intentionally made it very, the, the opening very small, so you got to crouch down to get in there. It's that way today. It's a lesson for all of us. If you want to go to heaven, you got to get off your high horse. <laughs> you got to humble yourself. You got to go down low if you want to get to heaven. And you know that's that's hard for all of us because you know we we go through life and we're we're sort of like Atlas carrying the world on, on our shoulders, the whole weight of everything, and we're trudging up the hill, and the weight of all the problems and all the cares and, and all the things we're concerned about with our kids and our grandkids and, and our extended family, it just, it just wears us down, and we know we ought to let go. We, we know we ought to put that weight down, and we don't know how. So I'll tell you a story, and with this I've done. Many, many years ago, maybe 100 years or so ago, there was a man by the name of George McCausland, who was called to be the new director of the YMCA in a city 
in western Pennsylvania. Not Pittsburgh, but a town outside of Pittsburgh and not far from Pittsburgh. And here's the catch. When he was called to this YMCA, they, it was in real trouble. Mismanagement, terrible. They were running out of money. They were running out of members. They were running out of staff. They were running out of volunteers. It was just a horrible mess. When George McCausland got there, he threw himself into trying to solve the problems. But the harder he worked, the worse things got. More money drained out, more volunteers, more people, more members, everything. The thing was just falling apart. And he tried working harder. 85-hour weeks, 90-hour weeks. It got to him. He would go home, but he took the problems with him. He'd lay down to sleep at night, and he would toss and turn. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't sleep at all. You know, the, 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 the pressures were getting to him. Finally, he went to see a doctor. The doctor said, Mr. McCausland, if you do not find a way to get rid of this burden, you're going to have a nervous breakdown. So upon a day, he went out into the forest near the town where he lived. And he said just walking in the forest began to relax him. He sat down under a tree, had a notebook with him. He was just sitting under the tree thinking and praying. And he decided to write a letter. And this is what the letter said. Dear God, I hereby resign as the general manager of the universe. Love, George. And as he always told the story later, with a twinkle in his eye, he would say, and wonder of wonders, God accepted my resignation. Some of us need to do that this morning. Some of us need to resign. We've been trying to fix stuff we can't fix. We've been trying to put stuff together we can't put together. We've been trying to save relationships we can't save with our kids and our grandkids and our loved ones, our family and our job and our career. We've taken burdens on ourselves God never meant us to have. May I just say to you, you're not in control. You never were. No, you can't fix it. God can, but you can't. We need to come to the place where we'll say to the Lord, Lord, I hereby resign as the general manager of the universe. If you write that letter to God, he will accept your resignation and the burden will begin to roll off of your shoulders. Say it again. When God wants to save the world, he doesn't start with an army. He doesn't start with a big bank account. He doesn't start with a politician. He doesn't start with some powerful potentate, he starts with a baby in a manger. Ponder that baby. Ponder him. He came to free us from the terrible burden of trying to run the whole universe. So my friends, good news. You can rip that big G off your sweatshirt this morning. You're not God. You never were. I've told you before, let God be God and all will be well. Luther said it this way about that little baby, he whom the worlds could not enwrap, yonder lies in Mary's lap. Let the weary world 
rejoice. Christ is born. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. He can bear the full weight of all of your burdens, fears, doubts, and uncertainties because the government will be upon His shoulders. So, Lord, we thank You. We thank You that You've got broad, strong shoulders because we have many fears and many worries and many doubts. Help us to believe what we know to be true and to roll our burdens off on You because Your shoulders are strong enough to carry them all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. This podcast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. Come see us on the internet at www.keepbelieving.com. We'd love to hear from you this week. Join us for the next podcast from Keep Believing Ministries.